With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max, Monday Night Raw, review. Welcome everybody to the Raw Review. That's right, Wrestling to the Max brings that to you, and that is via W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling podcasts and a lot more. Don't forget to go hit that subscribe button over at Wrestling to the Max when you get that chance. Make sure you also rate and review. Hit that subscribe button, though. That way you get all of our great shows in one nice package. Hey, and if you love everything, over to the W2Mnet.com. Hit up us on uh, the W2M Network. Yeah, that's another place you go. Hit us up and rate and review and all that great stuff, and You'll get every single thing we do and all the other great podcasts on that website. So make sure you do that now if you haven't already. Also, big love to FromWomanMania.com and LastWordOnProWrestling.com, both great supporters of ours. And we want to give them as much support as they give us. So hit them up as well. I, of course, am Gary Vaughn. And along with me is Mr. Paul Leeser. hey and Paul, uh, I got to give big thanks to you uh, for sure tonight because I am catching you on a night after you had some great times with your friends and you're just ready to go to bed. But I am keeping you up, and I'm just glad that you're here with me tonight, man. It's uh, it, it's been a journey uh, to get here today. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, once again, I mean, I, I, that's why I appreciate you joining me tonight. And uh, Harry was going to actually fill in for you tonight, and I, I love Harry to death. And I was really, you know, excited about getting on with him. But we kind of discussed that we were going to do this show super late, which we technically really are. This is really early in the morning. If, if you're listening to us on your car ride home, we probably recorded this up maybe a few hours before you actually went to work so mm-hmm. uh we are doing this super late but it's because i was doing a few things national championship games were on and yeah i pushed our timetable back and we didn't want to screw harry over and cut him short so me and paul are going to go to the show we'll probably go through it a little bit faster than usual because both of us are kind of tired to be honest with you but we are going to give you a great show don't worry i'm not going to cut you short on raw i'm just explaining this because we were going to have harry on and i want harry to know we appreciate you brother we wanted you to be on but we're going to go through this kind of fast and we didn't want to screw you over so just to let you know so anyway all right well let's get this thing going paul yeah let's uh let's do our best to not shortchange him and if i uh if i'm not my usual chipper self then uh forgive me folks but (laughs) uh we have uh kurt angle open the show uh, first up, he's talking about Alexa Bliss because she'll be facing Asuka tonight and she's trying to get out of it. Angle says, you know what? You're the champ. You deal with it. We got to move on. Uh, so he goes out to the ring after that. 
talks about how great 2017 was, 2018 was going to be even better, blah, 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 Raw 25, Royal Rumble, officially confirms that the Women's Royal Rumble is going to be the full 30 participants, over the top rope, all that great stuff, uh, and the winner, of course, gets a title shot at WrestleMania, so basically a straight-up carbon copy, which, uh, in my opinion, is the absolute best move, and uh, then he goes on to hype up his show, Raw is going to win both matches, here comes the bar, right? And this is sort of where business picks up because they're pissed off at Kurt Angle for basically gifting another championship match, another big-time match to Jason Jordan, and now it's actually cost them the titles. They want their rematch. Angle's like, dude, you're going to get it when I say so. You know, it sort of draws the line. However, here comes Jason Jordan to sort of start sticking up for himself. He says that he deserved the shot. He's proved it in all of his uh, sort of matches that he's done. He's won champion. Uh, he's won championships before, this is no different, and uh, ends up threatening Cesaro that he's going to send him back to the dentist if he doesn't sort of step off, and this eventually leads to those two uh, having a match scheduled. This whole thing that they you know start the show out with is fine. Uh, I do find it interesting that they do start the whole thing off with Kurt Angle and Alexa Bliss backstage. That was kind of a... I don't know, an odd thing for the fact that this doesn't exactly happen in the main event, that this big match between her and Asuka, so why even put it here? Kind of weird placement, but whatever. I guess they want you to be hyped. And then you get out to this part you're talking about, and I think the bar did a great job. They come out and make their case known, make Kurt Angle look bad, which, hey, we've been talking about this for weeks, Paul. This is leaning more towards this whole thing about favoritism and Kurt Angle, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're pointing it out even more. This is right there in your face. So I appreciate that. I think that's a good thing. Uh, also, I really appreciated that Cesaro didn't have the mouth guard in. That was a, <laughs> a big help. It certainly uh, does make him clearer to understand if that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Trust me, I love the Swiss accent, but... You know, it just makes it easier to understand him. Uh, so, in, in the long run, I think this sets up some good things. I think Jason Jordan is Jason Jordan here. He, he I, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably talk more about him in the next segment that he's in later on. But uh, I think that this all gives us a good opportunity here to get into this first match. It, it makes a lot of sense, too, with Seth Rollins coming out. I really like that because Seth Rollins is like, look, kid, you, you think you know everything, you're so smart, but I'm going to tell you really how things work. And I, I think all of this has a point, Paul. It's not out of left field. I really feel like it does a great job of continuing on what we got going with all four of these guys. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, you have Seth Rollins come out here and tell Jason Jordan that he ba- he needs to figure out teamwork. He needs to quit being so self-absorbed. You came out there alone, sort of charged ahead without even talking to me, you know. And so uh, the crowd starts chanting Daddy's Boy at Jordan. Rollins says he's here to watch Jordan lose, basically. Uh, Then Cesaro attacks and sends him to the floor, which leads directly into the match after a commercial break, which Jason Jordan does indeed come out ahead of here. And it seems pretty clear to me, at least, Gary, that they're going to back off of the heel thing, at least temporarily. Maybe it's going to be more of a slow burner thing, because uh, it looked like it actually might be coming pretty soon, you know, sooner rather than later, maybe in time for WrestleMania. I don't know if that's so true anymore, uh, mostly because he's basically he's never say die, fight from underneath babyface here against Cesaro before finally uh, managing to take advantage of Rollins' 
and Sheamus's fight on the outside, making a distraction for him to hit a pop-up neckbreaker. You know, I uh, I don't know this. The crowd seems pretty intent on booing this guy. Still, I don't. I just don't know if they're gonna buy into suddenly. You know, he was on this path, and now suddenly it seems like he's backtracking. Yeah, I agree. And not only that, Paul, uh, with Jason Jordan getting the victory here, when have we ever seen victories change the crowd over to loving someone? Right. He beats Cesaro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Cesaro is a big fan favorite. People still love this guy. I don't care how close he is with Sheamus. They still love Cesaro. Mm -hmm. Well, I still love Cesaro. And you're a big Sheamus fan, and that's – but I'm just still, like, just saying. So my point in all that is – this is not going to be fluid. This is not going to be something where the crowd is all of a sudden saying, oh, do you know what? My whole thought process between this guy and thinking he is boring or thinking he is silly changed because he's beating guys up. No, no, no. And, and it's all because of Seth Rollins, too. So I, I think it's going to be a long road ahead for WWE when it comes to Jason Jordan. If they think that that's the only route they can go, they're going to have to make some bigger changes than that to make you know him a fan favorite. So I don't know. I, I, I kind of honestly hated the fact that Cesaro lost this. I'm not saying that Jason Jordan needed to lose, mm-hmm. although to me it made more sense. Just for the fact of Seth Rollins, right? For the fact that everything Seth Rollins says, it makes more sense. But you know what Jason Jordan's going to do? He's going to say, I won despite you, Seth. Yeah, I think the story here now, too, is that people people are still looking at Jason sort of the same way, I think. They they happen to win the tag titles. He only wins this essentially because Seth and Sheamus. uh, Seth is basically showing him what it means to be a tag team partner, which is... Really odd, right? Uh, sure, this is thrown together and all that, but you know, Jason Jordan won the tag titles on SmackDown with you know American Alpha. He won the NXT tag team titles. I think it's kind of silly to just sort of discount a guy who has a track record as an excellent tag team worker to sort of just oh, you don't know how to be a tag team. You know, that seems a little weird. And obviously, it's built up chemistry and whatever, but I don't know. It's it's a tough story to sell in light of all that, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I get that, and, and I think the thing you're you actually you bring up a good point. I really never put that in perspective. I didn't think that kind of brings a new light here on my end. I will say this though: they're playing more of the veteran versus rookie aspect, and I think that's what they're trying to do. But you, you what you brought up made complete sense because I mean, American Alpha did it on the main roster, and they did it in the NXT. So, oh boy, I, I just I, I think overall. This whole thing is interesting, but I think you're right. Common sense isn't exactly flowing through this entire process. Exactly, yeah. It's uh, and sir, like I said, the Dean Ambrose injury kind of came out of nowhere for him, and they they've been scrambling. So, but mm-hmm. I get it. It's just it's it's a little tough. Uh, let's fast forward throughout the evening here. Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are talking backstage, uh, basically about his match with Samoa Joe tonight because they're getting uh. He's facing Joe for the title in a rematch after he went overboard last week and attacked the referee and everything and kept beating up Joe, all this other great stuff. So um, Roman says, you know what, tonight I'm taking Joe out, no big deal, uh, because he thinks Samoa Joe's a joke. Jason Jordan shows up, though, and is like, hey, man, you know, if the bar shows up, me and Seth, we're going to take him out, and then wanders off, and then Roman and Seth are like, yeah, whatever, kid. (laughs) 
<laughs> Goes back to the veteran thing with the rookie. Uh, I, you know the old episodes of Superman, and then you had Jimmy Olsen. That's exactly Jason Jordan, Jimmy Olsen, right there. Uh, it's 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 kind of comical, but then really annoying. Uh, so that doesn't really do him any favors. I'm sorry, it doesn't make Jason Jordan look like a superhero at all. It uh, it sort of looks like Seth and Roman maybe aren't a fan of the idea of him trying to shoehorn himself in as a third member of the Shield either. <laughs> yeah, thank God, thank God. <laughs> Uh, so let's let's talk about that match. Let's talk about the Intercontinental Title match. Roman Reigns defends against Samoa Joe. If Reigns uh, was disqualified, he would lose the championship after last week. Uh, you have some promos from Joe uh, earlier in the evening too, talking about his his championship match and how he believes he owns Roman Reigns and has mentally broken him down after last week. And um, it's just, that's. One that's really great stuff. I don't think you discount that too. But these these guys get twenty three minutes and go out there and put on a show, uh, a big time show, big back and forth, uh, lots of brawling. Which I mean, these guys we've seen it before. We know they have the chemistry to really go out there and put on something special, and it really helped that the live crowd bit into all of this really hard. They they enjoyed this the whole time throughout. Uh, Reigns ends up rolling out of the way, out of the uh, Kakina clutch, hits the spear, sort of gets the desperation victory. You know, I it's it's hard to discount either guy here because they put in a great performance. But I, Reigns to me doesn't need to be a champion to to get there. You know, I think to get to where WWE wants him to be, especially now that we're looking WrestleMania season dead in the face, and we. I, if Reigns is still the presupposed challenger to Brock Lesnar come WrestleMania again, it makes sense to me that you want to get the belt off this guy sooner rather than later so the IC title can have at least something going into whatever possible match, hopefully, because, you know, the IC title doesn't have a great track record in the last 10 years, making it onto the WrestleMania show. Um, it would seem to me that, one, nobody's hotter. I mean, Joe's one of the hottest acts on Raw. I, I won't say nobody's hotter because, you know, we'll talk about another hot act later, but... Why wouldn't you move the belt to somebody who was clearly doing it for a lot of people in the audience, you know? I think there's uh, a great, you know, a lot of... <sighs> okay, so in my opinion, what you're saying makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. But I think there's, uh, in Vince's mind, there's a great lot of opportunity here to give it to a guy that no one really likes that we're going to try to force to like. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if the guy that really honestly in Samoa Joe, who was getting over with the crowd with no problem, very naturally, people are loving him. He just showed you right here tonight in this match against one of the guys you love mm-hmm. that he is capable of doing everything you're asking him to do and a lot more. And being a champion is one of them. He showed you that in NXT. I, I, I think you're right. And here's my uh, thought is, Reigns is going to drop it pretty – I don't know if it's going to be close to Mania, but it's going to be on that road to WrestleMania probably to somebody that we really don't really care. And even if it was The Miz again, I love The Miz, but I don't even know if I'm really needing him to be the IC champion. But I have a weird feeling it's going to probably be thrown in the mix with that whole Rollins and Reigns thing with Jason Jordan. It wouldn't surprise me if Angle doesn't set it up where his son gets the Intercontinental title. I mean, it sounds weird. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if they find a way for that to happen. Um, 
or, or somebody else, but I just Jason Jordan getting it would cause lots of problems, I think. I, and here's the other thing. I, I look at this situation as uh, you get you get Roman going, and he's supposed to be this guy that's going to face against Brock. You don't want to give him too many losses going into facing against a guy like Brock Lesnar. So they're going to want to hold that Intercontinental title a little longer with him just so that they can keep that momentum going until someone screws him over. And then it keeps going on that winning streak. I don't think we're going to see a situation where you're going to have Brock Lesnar saying, well, you know, guys like Samoa Joe beat you, you know. So Mm -hmm. I I just think it it adds, it muddies the water a little bit probably for that main event if you have Samoa Joe saying, well, look, I beat Reigns. Why not facing against Brock, you know? Yeah, so. I, that, that's, a, that's a solid point that I didn't really think about here, too. Losing it and maybe a multi-man situation might be better if we are supposed to still get that Brock-Roman uh, rematch come WrestleMania season. If that is indeed still the plan, right? I mean, plans can change, as we obviously have talked about already on this show, so who's mm-hmm. to say that hasn't either? But, you know, it's sort of... Uh, I don't know. It seems to me that that's still been the plan based on what a lot of what we've seen last year and all this other stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it probably is still the plan. Like I said, I, and I'm going a way out of my way and a long way to say it simply enough. It's going to be a screw job. Reigns is going to lose it to somebody. We probably don't really care if they get it or not. Um, and I look at, I want to just say this match alone. Wow. What a performance. I think they did a yeah. great job. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't see this coming. I didn't think they were going to put this much effort into it. They did a great job. And commercial breaks, Paul, surprisingly enough, did not take me out of this match. Yeah. I, 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 Boy, I was really surprised. I didn't think that they would be able to do this. They did it, though. And for Samoa Joe to get so much offense against Roman and, and without really – it was all clean. It wasn't with a bunch of cheating and a lot of things like that. Seriously, Samoa Joe looked great. As this match continued on and it looked like it was ending, I sat there and said to myself, I don't care if Samoa loses. I, I think that he did his job, and they both coming out of this looking good. Reigns won. I have no problems with it. I, I think this was just so much fun to watch. I completely agree with you on that point. The performance here, we're talking four-star territory, folks, somewhere in that region. Uh, just a, an absolutely stellar match that it, you you definitely need to go watch, no matter your feeling on Reigns or, or Joe or, or, you know, and anybody out there. You know, because I, I know just because me and Gary tend to like a lot of the more indie guys doesn't mean that other people do. So. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, uh, let's take a look at the other major story of the evening. Uh, which, of course, is centering around the triple threat situation for the Universal title going into the Royal Rumble. Uh, Brock Lesnar is on this show. We will get to that later. Uh, You have some interaction with Braun Strowman and Kane earlier in the show. Um, Braun squashes Heath Slater and uh, Rhino once again, basically murders Rhino, uh, or both of them, excuse me, in, in about two and a half minutes, and then squashes them some more afterwards. He runs into Kane backstage, and Kane's trying to sort of win Braun over so they can both take out Brock, because he believes that together he won't stand a chance against them. And uh, Braun doesn't really care about plans. He he wants to be Brock on his own. He doesn't want anything to sort of take away what he believes will be his, his ultimate victory of being the champion, right? Uh, Heyman 
earlier on in the show also meets with Kurt Angle uh, and says, you know, if those two do gang up on Lesnar, he's going to be proactive because he wants 2018 to be the year of the beast. And, uh, of course, grandstanding plans with Paul Heyman do not usually go well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, but, you know, I'll say this. Coming into this and just looking at this whole picture all the way around, you got Kane coming in, and Kane is talking, basically trying to talk Braun into a plan to knock down one of the biggest guys in the company, not just Raw, SmackDown 2, and he's just doing it, well, because he's supposed to be a guy that's a heel, and he's going to do anything it takes to to win. And knocking down one of the bigger guys is the way to do it. Why not? And I, I get that. It, it makes sense. But does it really matter in the long run? No, because everybody knows that Braum doesn't need it, and he's not going to take it, and he doesn't. So it kind of came off kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It was almost like you were watching a guy ask a girl out, and you knew she wasn't into him in the first place, and she's just kind of, eh, you got plans. <laughs> it just, it's, it's just weird. I felt odd about it. Uh, you got Braum squashing two guys that he should squash. I love Rhino to death. I love Heath Slater. Him doing this to them, the only thing it gives us, Paul, is the idea that Heath Slater is being brave. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all we get out of this. Nothing. This does nothing for Rhino at all. Rhino does not look good at all in this, which kind of bumps me out. Get why not? He's old. Whatever. Uh, so I don't know what to say about those two guys. I feel bad that their storyline is very much on the edge of anything that Raw is focusing on. Uh, Braum is just looking good. Then you got Brock Lesnar and all the stuff, and Heyman knocks it out of the park. His Everything he does here tonight, Heyman does a great job. So you're kind of left with the last thing with Brock Lesnar and all that. Brock is just Brock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the at the end here, Heyman does the usual Heyman promo, right? WWE stacking the deck against Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is going to defend the belt because he's the beast, all this other stuff. And as great as Paul Heyman is on the microphone, it would be really nice if they could freshen up this promo that he has to do every time Brock Lesnar defends the title. And it's not that I don't hate Paul Heyman. That's not at all what I'm saying here. I just freshen up the material, you know, change it up. Let's not do the same thing every time um, because it's basically the same promo every time. Nobody stands a chance. Okay, great. Uh, Kane eventually shows up. He chokeslams Brock. Brock sits up and laughs at Kane clotheslines him, locker room empties, and we get this sort of pull-apart brawl, which I, I always love a good pull-apart brawl. <sighs> to me, it almost feels overused now, because it, it, seemingly the last three or four opponents they've had with Brock, or maybe just since post-SummerSlam, since post-SummerSlam, they've really relied on the pull-apart brawl, and, you know, it's... Same thing, you know, freshen it up a little. We don't we don't need this every time. You're going to lose the specialness of it, too. So, uh, Braun is watching the whole thing take place in the back. All this other great stuff. I mean, this is boring. Boring, mm-hmm. same old, same old. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really not, and it would be nice and fun to hear, sit here and argue with you about it. I, I, the only thing I'm going to argue is at least Heyman met you halfway. And what I mean by that is the end of his promo that he cut, 
He, I don't know if it was Germany spoke, but he, he had said he had talked to the guy downstairs and, you know, found out that really the devil's favorite demon is Brock, essentially. And he speaks German or something like that. I love that. I, I think that is super cool. I, I was all on board with that. So that's a little bit of a change. I met you about halfway, but not all the way there. You're right, Paul. It's mainly the same stuff over and over again with Paul Heyman, as much as we love him. It is a monotonous thing. You get tired of it. Uh, but the German part, whatever language, it, that was a great point. Okay, so the rest of this thing. Pull apart was boring. It, it did nothing for me. Didn't care. That, that was one of the probably weakest pull aparts I've seen. Uh, all three of these guys together, do I care a lot? Am I excited about this? I'll be honest with you, Paul, not really. Part of it's because Kane's involved, and the other part of it, is because I, I I don't see the title changing hands. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even with Braun Strowman involved. I just don't see it changing hands. It's making me disinterested. I I don't know. Monster Fest, Royal Rumble, don't care. I you know I I'm we talked about this a lot on this show. I'm I'm right there with you. I uh, Kane is here to simply take the fall. So Braun doesn't have to. Brock retains. You can keep your plane going towards WrestleMania without having a major change as far as all this goes. So I'm with you. I, I, I couldn't – I'm glad there's two Royal Rumbles this year because so far your main title match on Raw, not doing anything for me at all, not moving the needle. Mm-hmm. The only thing I care about right now is what language Paul Heyman was speaking. That's all I care <laughs> about. And maybe the, maybe the translation too. Wish there were subtitles. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about this other major thing before we get into the rest of the show. You have Finn Balor show up, Kurt Angle's office while he's on the phone, uh, brings up the fact that he's the first Universal Champion, he's never beaten for the title, never got his rematch, and he wants to be in the Rumble. However, it's revealed tonight that he will be tagging up with Gallows and Anderson in a sort of Bullet Club reunion to take on Elias, Curtis Axel, and Bo Dallas, and before that match you have Elias doing his new shtick now, which is the uh, WWE stands for Walk with Elias. Uh, Raw's his show, sings, uh, sings some stuff uh, with with Axel and Dallas, who still have cowbell and sleigh bells and all this other stuff, like it's still Christmas. Um, they reveal that The Miz will be back next week and dedicate the song to him, and it's, it's great stuff. The Sixth Man, short, sweet, to the point. Bullet Club, Byler Club, whatever you want to call this, you know, they're they're just sort of out there murdering guys. They move on. That's all this is. Yeah. You know, Elias does his thing. And, and Elias is fine. This was purposely bad. It had, you know, they really, you could tell they were purposely being bad at what they were doing during their performance, which made it even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'll just say I felt like I was wasting my time a lot during that moment. Even Elias was just, uh, um, I think the more exciting thing is, yes, you, you get that rehashed bullet club thing here, uh, with Finn and, uh, you know, Gallows and Anderson, which I, I, I'm, you know, sound rehashed sounds like I discrediting it. I actually kind of like it. I've been waiting to see this for a long time, but Paul, at the same point, this feels so unimportant. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. 
you want this reunion to mean something, right, Paul? I mean, for me, I just think it's, hey, we're going to do something for you guys. Here it is. <laughs> and, you know, just love it. No, 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 no. Make it make sense. Make Finn Balor either, you know, having an issue or really in trouble or just make it something that they have to, not, hey, let's just get together for all time's sake. Sort of how it feels like, right? Because let's be honest, the guy who has been the most important out of all six of these guys in the last month has been Elias Sampson. It hasn't been Finn Balor, it hasn't been Anderson and Gallows, it hasn't been Axel and Dallas, right? It's Gallows, or excuse me, it's been Elias basically moving up the ladder, doing the same thing what Jason Jordan has been doing, basically, holding his own against the big matches and sort of getting to look good at certain weeks of time. And basically, you know, being paired up with two jobbers that Finn's already squashed multiple times is is, is not going to do anything for him, right? And it doesn't matter because, you know, they, they murdered Dallas here, if I remember correctly, to get the victory. So mm-hmm. you know, jobbers are jobbing here. But Finn's doing nothing. Anderson and Gal, I, I'm struggling to remember the last time they were on TV. It, it might have been three weeks. and Yeah, uh, just to sell holiday products. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Um, this is just something sort of thrown out there, I think, to sort of generate a little interest and not a lot else. And that really sucks. We, I, unless this turns into something they decide to keep around, I, I, ooh, this was kind of a drag. And, and I only mean that in the fact that this should have, as you said, Gary, should have meant more. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, here's the one thing, too. We all have to understand this was national championship complication or you know uh well i can't speak it's kind of late here <laughs> national <laughs> championship, championship. Yeah. <laughs> stipulations the 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 who is going to be in the national championship of college football was going to be t- determined during raw mm-hmm. both games both games were determined during raw and so that meant that wb was fighting that they knew a lot of people were tuning in in fact during the samoa joe and Roman Reigns match, Michael Cole even rehashed it. I think they knew right when the game ended, when between Georgia and Oklahoma, when Georgia won, I think Michael Cole introduced the show right again. He's like, hey, here we are, blah, 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 blah. And I think the same goes for the reason they put Finn Balor with Gallows and Anderson. They wanted that to go on Twitter. They wanted you to be watching the college football game and then see, oh, my God, the Bullet Club is back together. That way you change the channel. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's for a good reason that they did this, but they did it the wrong way just to hurry it up or, or just to do it just to get people to pop. I don't need that. I just want those guys to to naturally get back together if they're allowed to ever in the time span that I'm alive. <laughs> I'm just saying. God, I hope it didn't take him that long to figure out that these guys maybe should get back together at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're thinking Amanda's going to kill you tomorrow or something. It, it, hey, it could happen, man. <laughs> it, it could happen. Uh, so let's talk about that thing I, I mentioned at the top of the show, which is Alexa Bliss taking on Asuka. And uh, this, this is kind of rough because on the one hand, maybe this should have been 15 minutes, and on the other hand... Maybe it really shouldn't have been, but uh, before the match, you have Alexa running into Nia and says she really needs her in her quarter tonight. Nia's not going to be here. She's taking t- chicken soup up to Enzo, who's sick at a hospital with uh, what has been mentioned as the flu on some places and unreported on others. Who knows? 
either way, Enzo's not here. Uh, he can't defend his title against Cedric Alexander, which is kind of another bum deal. She's on her way up to the hospital. So Alexa's out here all alone and sort of plays the, the cowardly heel, which makes sense. And they just sort of do stuff after that. Like, the story seems to sort of fly out the window a little bit to me in the crowd. Not really interested in any of this. Nobody really... Sh- I mean, even Alexa, I don't think, believed in her offense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. And, okay... Um, and I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned uh, uh, Alexa talking to um, Nia Jax yet, have you? I did. I mentioned it right I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I'm sorry. I, I, I saw a message on my phone, and I was listening to you, and sorry. Uh, making sure that my wife wasn't like, hey, someone's, the world's blowing up. Uh, but anyway, um, so yes, okay, so you set up this up, and I, I do dig what they got going on for Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss, because the whole time we all think that Nia's going to have her back, but I love the decision-making that Nia has. She chose Enzo <laughs> over Alexa, and it, it's kind of funny, but I love that too, because then we know when Royal Rumble time comes around, Nia Jax is going to be her own person. She's focused on Nia or Enzo. But Nia, so that's good. We're not worried about their relationship, and especially coming into this match. And I just don't, as much as they wanted this to go over really well, it just didn't. It just did not have that moment. I think a lot of it has the fact that we know what Asuka is. Exactly. She is a killer. Mm-hmm. She walked into Dexter's backyard and outdid him. Uh She's in there, and she comes in looking strong, and she makes this look easy. I'm sorry. I I know it sounds crazy to say this, and I think if you watch the match, people, you'll agree with me after rewatching it. Because the whole time you have Alexa, avoid, 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 come in, a little offense, then get foiled. Avoid, avoid, foiled again. Oh, and the little offense, then foiled, and then next thing you know, kick, 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 submission done. Mm -hmm. I just... You really never felt like Alexa Bliss deserved or even really needed to be in this match. She's the champion. And I don't know if I love that, Paul, but I, I get it. And I, I, me and you both, and you probably more than I, huge Oscar fans, we want to see her rule the world. But I think this does that championship a little discredit to make the champion look this bad. Yes, and I think that honestly might be kind of the point here. Um, and, and I'm going to go back to last week because I asked you, if Asuka's in the Women's Royal Rumble, do you think she wins? And you and I both very quickly said yes. So what if they have her win the Raw Women's Championship before the Rumble time and take her out of the equation to sort of open up that match to make it feel like it's not so set in stone that if you have Asuka in there, she, you know, she has to win, she's going to win, all this other stuff. If you take her out of the equation, it's an open field day out there, you know? I agree. And then what you go back to is what happened before the match. Mm-hmm. Naya and Alexa Bliss, they're not friends again, right? I mean, exactly. Alexa said, you choose. Well, Naya chose. And guess what? In the Royal Rumble, if Alexa's in the, guess what? She's already made her decision. She's not going to help her. So... It, it to me, it's another dynamic to the rumble that's going to be fun because you know Alexa's going to say I'm sorry, and it's not going to work. If all that transpires, exactly, yeah, and, and and I think it might just because I think that's the only reason you go about doing this. Um, not only because WWE loves to sort of crat, you know, use this idea of the challenger. 
beating the champion in a non-title match, and suddenly that gets to the title match, and, and they go from there, right? It's simple storytelling. WWE does it all the time. It's, it's, it's sort of whatever at this point to me. It just sort of points to the fact that, you know what, Asuka very much could walk into the Royal Rumble as the, as the Raw Women's Champion. And I don't know if that's a bad thing as far as that Women's Royal Rumble match goes because, like I said, it just opens it up. And if you have Alexa in it, then, of course, you have that extra story thread with Nia to work with. All that other stuff, you know, so might mm-hmm. be something worth paying attention to moving forward. And and about this, too, with Asuka having the women's title at that point, she necessarily wouldn't have to have a match on that card, would she? I mean, would you have to have to have her a match on that card? I, I would think you're defending Royal Rumble-wise, and obviously having two now takes up two hours, essentially, of your programming. Uh, which doesn't matter anymore because the Royal Rumble is a four-hour show. I would still think you have both the women's titles defended on there to keep up the idea that the the picture is fluctuating. You know, you can have mm-hmm. these challengers come up and sort of upset it, and suddenly the picture to WrestleMania has changed. Because that's what this year is all, you know, January to the very first weekend of April is all about who's holding on to those titles going into WrestleMania, having the big money matches, right? And and I think that's mm-hmm. going to be something that they, they want to keep up with not only for the men, obviously, but uh, you know, for the women as well. Yeah, that's very true. But you know, I, you know, with with Paige being injured and all that, I don't know, you know, if they would even put that into play that she would face Oscar that early or anyone like that, you know. So I'm really kind of curious. Uh, you know, once again, Alexa Bliss is still the champion. We're we're just kind of throwing out some ideas for the future, but it looks more likely that Oscar could be your champion and going into the Royal Rumble. Exactly. Exactly. Um, let's jump over to the cruiserweights here real fast, because like I said, Enzo's not here. He can't defend his title against Cedric. This brings out uh, Gulak and Davari, who have a message from Enzo, uh, and do uh, Enzo's usual stick, which, of course, Gulak gets to do, which makes this infinitely better, in my opinion, just because <laughs> it's so funny every single time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they uh, read out Enzo's little note here that, you know, has the flu, won't defend his title, blah, blah, blah. Um, here comes Cedric. He doesn't really care. He knows he's got his title shot down the line. He wants competition. Gulak agrees to a tag team match. But brings up, hey, Cedric, you don't have any friends. Um, and especially so since Rich Swan is indefinitely suspended still from the WWE. Uh, this brings out Goldust, uh, which... I kind of like Cedric's face whenever he sees him, <laughs> but uh, and uh, Goldust runs down the Gulak and Davari in the ring, offers to be Cedric's friend for the night, um, and they have themselves a fine little three-minute match here that uh, Cedric gets to come out of looking strong in as he crushes Davari with another lumbar check. You know, I, this was okay. Uh, it had some comedy. It had what he needed to have. I I just was not blown away by the entire thing, and I hate to say that because I you know it's kind of fun to have that surprise opponent come in, and you have being Goldust. It's cool. Um, I like Goldust, but at the end of the day, none of this really really felt like it mattered. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, Paul. It just did not feel like it was a big deal. And sure, it was a nice little end there. You know, Goldust doing his signature kneel uppercut. Uh, and then, of course, then you know the lumbar check, uh, but I just, I just don't know that I cared, and that's I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but it's kind of a it's sometimes a normal thing when it comes to the cruise at times. 
It's true, right? And, I mean, they had to sort of throw something together real quick here. Cause, you know, and mm-hmm. so I think it was taken to the hospital earlier today. So um, yeah. with the recent mump scare and everything that's been going on in the locker room, maybe not so out of hand that he goes to the hospital for the flu. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I like all these guys. I really do. I just, like you said, you know, they probably had to change things on the fly and it just didn't come off as well as it probably needed to. Um, maybe one thing is I just asked Cedric Alexander, your beard is okay, but I don't know. I, I, I think that he needs this to shave. And that's weird for me to say, I usually like the beards. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just to me, it doesn't work for him. He looks like the perfect baby face. If he was smooth shaven, oh my God, he'd be, you know, this handsome guy coming out to, to take on the world. And right now I look at him like, Oh, I just don't know if I like that. So, um, but it doesn't mean that his lo- match was boring if Gary's bagging on a dude's beard. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It just it bothered me for a few weeks, man. I've just been looking at it saying, well, I don't know if that works for you, bro. Uh, but the one thing I will say is he's definitely in a competition with St- uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin for who can get the highest uh, you know, finisher, like knocking people in the air. Oh, who yeah. can vault somebody higher in the year? It's, uh, I, I think Brian Kendrick might still hold the record of somebody who's launched in the air, but they they sure tried to beat that or meet that tonight. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there, too. But, you know, cruiserweight stuff will lead us into 205. Yeah, uh, and, of course, finishing up with our usual broken or woken, whatever you want to call it, Matt Hardy talk here. Bray Wyatt faces Apollo Crews for 10 minutes. For 10 minutes, Gary, these guys waste time. And sort of just go through the motions. This should have been two minutes max, but this is not the first thing we've talked about tonight that got way too much time, uh, and they didn't do anything with it. The crowd didn't care. Uh, Bray wins. Shocker. Uh, Matt comes out uh, post-match to do a promo on the screen. WWE is turning into the Woken Universe. He will take uh, Sister Abigail's power and delete Bray Wyatt and starts laughing, and then suddenly... His face just starts popping up all over the screen and a whole bunch of tiny Matt Hardy laughters. It's usual fun stuff with with Woken Matt here. But this match between Bray and Apollo is just unnecessary entirely the whole way around. It it really was, and you could tell they were really wanting it to be about not just Apollo and Bray. They really wanted Titus to have a part of this. They really wanted Dana Brooke to have a big part of it, too. Yeah. Um, it's a little forced, and I just don't know if anyone cared. Like you said, the crowd was not into this. I think, honestly, if you, for my personal opinion, Apollo got a little bit more than he should have against Bray, too. Because um, really, they made it look like, oh, Apollo's going to win. And then just out of nowhere, Bray gets the strength and energy and just pops up, you know, Sister Abigail, it's done. It was really strange. I don't know how to explain it other than just strange to me. Mm. Uh, so you're right. A lot of waste of time just to set up a video package with Woken Matt Hardy, uh, which was fine. I, I think the video package was, was, was good. Not my favorite thing uh, of his so far. Uh, it was decent. I, I think the laugh thing going into you know, multiple squares was kind of funny. But once again, sometimes I think WV goes a little overproduced for the Woken gimmick. I, I love the cheesy stuff we used to see. And some of this stuff is just like, oh boy, yep. I spent way too much time in editing. Um, you know, pretend like you're, you're a B movie. Stop, 
you know, stop using other things. So, mm. uh, I think overall, though, you got the gist of what you needed, but it just was not the best part of it. They, they just did not do what they needed to do with that. I don't think. Still love Woken Matt Hardy, but you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, not a great week on either end, but the, like I said, Matt stuff's fine. But Wyatt and Cruz did not need ten minutes, but this uh, this sort of covers everything on the show for the evening. Uh, so we just got to put a number on this bad boy, Gary. What you want to give it? So here's the honest truth. Watching this show, I, I found myself, you know, entertained by some parts. And boy, I mean, what a match that we have with Reigns and Samoa Joe. You, you got to love it. That That's about it. That's, that's about as far as I can go, Paul. I think the rest of this felt like they were trying to fill a show. They were trying their best to entertain us. But it, it was like almost every storyline that you'd get into, it, it just was not there. It was almost like everybody had an off night except two guys. I really did not overly love this Raw. I think they tried. I really do. They were matching up against two very important football games in college football tonight. It was difficult for them. And I think, honestly, with the sickness of Enzo, with him having to change things because of the fact that Ambrose was not going to be on this show, I I still can't give him the credit enough to go above. I'm going to give it a four. I just I wanted to give it a five. I, I want to give it a five, Paul, because of Reigns and Samoa. But to me, that was the only thing, and it's hard for me to give him more credit, especially for the fact I'm still pissed that the way they handled Finn and, and Gallows and Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually going to rate higher than you for the first time in a while. Uh, so Joe and uh, Roman, great stuff all the way around. I think there's a lot of missteps booking-wise. There's a lot of missteps presentation-wise because there is some overly long trash that just did not need the time that it got, right? And, and it, the crowd, with its deadpan reaction to a lot of it early on, lets you know that, hey, you done goofed. I, as much as I think they're sort of faltering with Jordan here and, and backpedaling on the heel turn, I can't necessarily blame him. The match with Cesaro was good, too. So, I mean... You're you're getting some uneven storytelling here, but the wrestling action's good, and, and I, I'm still intrigued on what you're going to do with this guy suddenly thrust into this new role now that Dean Ambrose is out of the picture. Everything else you can basically throw in the trash or say you've seen it before. Uh, so I'm going to go five. Hey, I'm glad you're in better spirits, and uh, that makes me happy. <laughs> Usually it's a little bit of the opposite. That's, and hey, I'm glad we we defer a little bit here. And uh, once again, I really did want to give it a five, but I think maybe me being tired and emotional and all that just you know throws me down that path. Uh, but that that is our raw. And once again, thank you all for joining us. Uh, I apologize if. I'm cranky or we're just tired. We, we, once again, we wanted to do this show just for you guys. Make sure it got out there. We didn't want you to wait around for it. But once again, I mean, we're, we did this show super late and we've had a fun time doing it though. I, I think this was a lot of fun for us to get out there and really just get some of that raw emotion from this show. So there you go. Once again, W2Net.com. Go check it out. Please, please, please go find all those great podcasts that you have not checked out. And, of course, you know, maybe give some love of, over there. Uh, W2Net.com is where you go find it. Subscribe, rate, and review over at Wrestling of the Max. And if you love everything over at their website at W2Net.com, make sure you get the W2M Network. Yeah, 
subscribe, rate, and review over there. That'll give you every single podcast that we have to offer. Make sure you give some big love to Formula1Mania.com and last one on ProWrestling.com too. We just love those guys over there and we appreciate them. So make sure you go give them some support too. Uh, yeah, and make sure you come and check us out. We are going to be doing our regular episode of Wrestling to the Max. It'll be our first one of 2018. Episode 280, we'll be doing that a day later than usual. And I know, I'm sorry, me and Paul and Sean all wanted to do it. But once again, we got started late. And it was going to be super unfair for you guys to hear us break down the awards and do everything we wanted to do on barely any energy. We wanted to have energy. We wanted to have a great time because we're going to cover all the great rewards from 2017. We're also going to be doing a Wrestle Kingdom preview. So we are going to get excited about it. We are going to be here with you. So Wednesday morning, it will be ready and available for you guys. We'll be recording that on Tuesday night. So you don't want to miss a minute of the action when we get into that. That'll be our first show of 2018. And, of course, don't forget the rest of our shows this week. We're going to have a lot of fun. We'll actually be talking Wrestle Kingdom on Friday morning, too. Don't miss that show either. So there you go, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we will catch you guys down the road. Have a good one, guys. The previous podcast is a W2Mnet.com original podcast. For more great content like this, go to W2Mnet.com for the worlds of wrestling, video games, entertainment, and sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.